Hi, welcome to the A Quilting Life podcast. I'm Sherry McConnell from A Quilting Life. And I'm Chelsea Stratton from Chelsea Stratton Designs. And today we are here on Monday, January 30th for a listener question episode. Our favorite. Yes. (laughs) We always do these extra bonus episodes when there are five Mondays in the month. And so our regular podcasts are on the second and fourth Mondays and here we are on a fifth Monday and we have a whole list of questions. Yeah. And I love that it's in January that we have a fifth for the listeners questions. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we have some things to let you know about that are happening very soon. But first, I'm going to have Chelsea share about her quilts, which are on the wall and on the table. Thank you, Mom. Okay, so on the wall in the spirit of February coming up and Valentine's Day, I have a Sincerely Yours quilt. This one is Safe Haven, and it I would say it's maybe intermediate friendly. The uh, It also is fat eighth friendly as well. So uses all of the prints in the entire Sincerely Yours collection. And I know that shops still have Sincerely Yours fabrics available. So be sure to look at that if you are if you like this quilt top. This one was fun to make. And on the table is, I decided to share a favorite things quilt as well. This is Little Town in Favorite Things. And mom made this one. And there's two versions of this. I'll have Billy show a picture. There's also a gray background version as well, but mom made the lighter background version. She gets to keep to keep this one. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> and it was quilted by Val, who did a wonderful job on it. Yeah. So I hung this in our front entry throughout the Christmas season. I loved it. And I love that it has the snow-capped cottage roofs yes. on it. It's very, very cute. This one is Fat Eighth friendly as well. So lots of Fat Eighth quilts today. So you can find those linked in the description. But I also have something really, really oh, fun. Let me share two other things really quick first. Um, because I read all the comments from last week's podcast. And a lot of people are asking about the quilt behind you and behind me. And I answered as many of them as I could. But the quilt behind Chelsea, that pattern's in American Patchwork and Quilting, February 2023. It's called Rainbow Prisms, and the fabric is Simply Delightful, which will be in stores anytime now. So and soon. So to get that pattern, you have to buy the magazine right now. So that's what that quilt is. And then also the quilt behind me is also Simply Delightful, and it's Happy Go Lucky. And lots of questions. Yes, I am going to do a sew along with that, but I'm going to wait until the fabric is available, and I'm going to wait until Chelsea is finished with what she's going to oh. tell you about now. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so I have a sew along. It starts today. So if you want more information on that, we we have linked my blog to the blog post that went out this past week. And you can sign up for my newsletter. There's a link as well. And it's going to give you all the updates on all the things. And it uses my pattern blissful that was made in favorite things but i mocked it up in sincerely yours and billy will pop up a picture right now and it's fat eighth friendly but in my blog post is a free pdf with all of the materials you'll need and accountability hearts that you can color in as you make yes super (laughs) cute 
So the goal is to make one heart block a day from January 30th to February 28th. And I will be active on social media and on my blog, sharing as we go along and just making one heart a day for 30 days of love. And shop owners have Sincerely Yours fabrics available. And mine well, we're filming this a little bit early, so mine will be sh- will be here soon, but I will be sewing along and it's just an easy breezy sew along 30 days of love. So look for more information on my blog and that starts today. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, looking forward to that. Also, Moda is doing heart projects. They are doing a lot. By of a variety projects. of designers. I have something coming up later in February. It's going to be a, a fun little heart pillow but so watch for that too if you're looking for projects to make during the month of February. And then I also just wanted to share, be sure to come back on Wednesday. We'll have Billy pop up a picture right now of a scrap quilt that I just finished. I think it has fabrics from every single one of our collections. And I'm we're going to have a video on Wednesday along with a free pattern PDF for the pattern. So if you like the scrap quilt that Billy just sh- put up on the screen, then be sure to come back to YouTube on Wednesday to find out all about it. And one thing I want to tell you about with this too is a lot of times we get questions asking us to kind of walk you through the process of how we make scrap quilts. And I talk about that in the video. So you'll you'll want to watch the Wednesday video on that. Awesome. And then maybe I just spaced out for a second, but you mentioned with Chelsea so long, did you mention the, there will be that link to sign up? The, yes. The email? Did, did you already say that? Yeah, there okay. will be a link to the newsletter to, that you can sign up for and then a link to my blog post that gives details on it as well. But I will be sending a lot of updates out via the newsletter. Okay. So the newsletter is a great way to stay up to date on everything that's going on. And then I'll have a um, blog posts periodically throughout the sew along. Okay. Just making sure. I wasn't doing a good job as a producer. (laughs) And and we'll have the pattern linked as well so you can find that. I have to tell you, Billy, like, you're a great producer. Uh, I've been listening to... You're so great. Well, yesterday I had to drop everything and sew something that we need a picture of today for an upcoming catalog. And so I had about five hours in my sewing room and I listened to a lot of podcasts and some of them have producers and some of them don't. And I just found that the ones that have producers, I, I really do like it. It's just kind of nice to have that that other person chiming in. And one of them, the, the Cal Newport podcast, his producer, Jesse, is really interesting and funny too and I just thought hey that's kind of like Billy's role in our it's a good dynamic I think the podcasts that have a producer yeah in in the room with you at the same time I I think it's a great yeah kind of system yeah well yeah I mean podcasts that have producers because they don't have to the producers don't have to focus so much on the majority of the talking like you guys do and, and getting to all the content but we have an idea of what there is so that that's where we can step in and maybe just add to it. Or if, if like I just barely did, I thought you forgot something, but you really didn't, then, you know, that's where we can help out. And then obviously all the editing and all that stuff. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the majority of the work 
that yeah. I do, but yeah, I just had to throw that in. Oh, well, thank I, I thought you. of thank it yesterday you, when appreciate I was that. doing oh, all that sewing. <laughs> So, I, I enjoy it. I've, yeah. I, we've had other people reach out to me about future podcasts, but it's funny because just before we started filming today, we realized why one of them hasn't taken off yet because it's so busy with work. But maybe down the road, I might be producing some other podcasts. So that yeah. would, I it would, would love that. would be so cool. I enjoy doing it. Yeah. Um, great. With that, then I guess I'll make my short announcement. It's like an announcement of an announcement, basically. Okay. Because... I'll be more prepared to talk about it more next episode. And we already mentioned in, in the previous episode that maybe we'll we'll have a little chat about Valentine's Day next episode. But there will also be a, an exciting new way to be able to support this podcast. And I think it it to me it it aligns with with how I I envision, you know, creative people being supported Basically, it's it's more left up to the listener, and, and, it, and it's a concept of value for value. So basically, if you think or if you feel that you receive value from listening to this podcast, from information or the, the questions that my mom and sister answer, and you feel that you get value from that, and you want to send value back to us to help, well, the, the whole podcast in general. The for fees, fees for hosting. Things like that. Yeah. You know, and in a way that you don't have to do it through advertising you know and we don't have a lot of advertisements on this podcast and and everything like that but you might even be able to see it this is for people that listen to it only it has nothing to do with youtube but if you are one of the people that listens to it or even if you do watch it and you want to do support it want to support the podcast there should be something in the the show notes description where you can give value back for anything that you receive but Next episode, we'll have it a lot more. It'll it'll be set up, and I'll have more information so I can I can talk about it. I might even put a camera on me to talk about it because yeah. I don't want you guys just like staring into nothing if I have right. to talk for five or six minutes. And that's just that's through our hosting platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, okay. the, it's just a new feature that I just found out about recently, and I was thinking, wow, that's I think that's really cool, and I think it's it's a great programming system. So anyway, that'll be for next episode though. Awesome. Yeah, because I, I know I hear other podcasts that I listen to, and some of them go years before they start getting enough ad revenue just to cover their expenses on the hosting fees. Yeah. And, and for a lot of them have to send their podcasts out to be edited for sound quality. And so mm-hmm. a lot of, if you listen to podcasts, they, they are putting out a good amount of money. You know, we're blessed that we have Billy who sits here and edits all of our sound. We don't have to send it out to a company, but it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny because we're doing this podcast now a week later than we thought. We, we didn't do it the same day as last time because my comp- <laughs> had some computer issues. Yeah. <laughs> After almost three years, the computer said, okay, I need a new battery. So <laughs> I had to come, we had to come back and do this this I week. I was curious if you were going to show up with a whole new laptop. Uh, Did my, you consider it? Uh, the, in the future, I will be yeah. for sure. Maybe probably by the end of this year. But for now, this was a temporary fix and yeah. moving on. But yeah, there's there are definitely expenses to yeah. run all the, running all this stuff. So yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on. I think Billy's going to give us right the que- yeah. listener questions. Yeah, okay. Let's do it. All right. So like we said also, we just want to thank everyone again for all the great questions that were sent in. If you sent them in, you know, within the last month, there's 
we might get to some of those today, but we also did have some other ones that we want to get to first that have been sitting there in the queue for quite a while. But eventually, if I don't even know when the next one will be, probably in two or three months, um, we will get to those as well. So the first one today is when you purchase a fat quarter for a particular project, what do you do with all the quote light fabrics that are generally included? I'm really stumped by this because sometimes they're so cute that I really want to include them in the quilt, but they are so light that they seem to fade into the background. And finally, if you don't want to make the background on your quilt very uh, white or very light, how do you go about selecting a neutral color for the background? I've seen gray recently and also aqua. Um, as always, thank you so much for your guidance and support to the quilting community. Appreciate you so much, Brenda. Yeah, I thought both of these questions were really good. Yeah. And I, I have seen a lot of people purchase fat quarter bundles, take those lights out and never use and them. And never use them. So I'll just give you a couple options. If you're not using them in your quilt, you could accrue them together and they're just wonderful for backgrounds when you are using fabrics that are dark enough to where there is a nice contrast yeah. with them. So you could save them for that, for a low volume quilt. You can sometimes, even though it seems like, and I'm just kind of looking at this quilt on the table of Chelsea's here. It's the perfect example. I just was thinking that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you might not think there's enough contrast, but they really do show up. Yeah, they I feel show like. up. Even with the white background, and she has the other version with the gray background, right? Yeah. They would show up even more there. Yeah. So, but I feel like sometimes it just really adds a sparkle. And then my other option for those is sometimes they might not show up as well as you might want them to in a block, but they work great for sashings. Yeah. So, and you can do scrappy sashings with all of those lighter prints and i notice mom does that a lot you're always using low volumes for your sashing but i agree that if you have accrued a lot of those like you have made multiple quilts with fat quarter bundles and you have a whole stack of them i'd cut them up into five inch squares and make a patchwork quilt out of it yeah. it's adorable great idea and just use all of those prints in one quilt and then you don't feel like you're wasting them because you're making a quilt out of them. Yeah. And the other thing you could do to make storage simple is if you buy a lot of fabrics by a certain designer, you could take all of those lights out and keep them separated by designer if you want. And then you know that they will work with, mostly be likely to work with other collections that come out yeah. later. So a couple ideas there. And then as far as the background collection... If there's a color that you love, if you love aqua or you love gray, I noticed Chelsea designs a lot of quilts with gray backgrounds. Yeah. I'm doing it a lot more now, I yeah. notice. Yeah. And what I would suggest is that you go to your local quilt shop or purchase some fabric that you really like and perhaps start out by making a mini quilt with that as a background. To see if you like how it turns out. Right. And then if you do, buy several yards of that yeah. to use for a larger quilt to have a darker background. Yeah. Grays typically, like softer blues typically do really, really well. 
or a darker like navy will do really well as a background. Yeah. So just looking for those contrasting colors. But yeah, if it's a color that you really, really like and you have fabrics that are going to match with that, I... I, I love colored backgrounds. Yeah. I think they're awesome. And in a new collection we're s- sewing with right now, I have another one and I used a, a new color yeah. for a background and I'm very excited about it. Yeah. And so Linen works really well oh, too. You guys, linens I are might it. use some linen with this group that we're sewing with Linens now are the something. best. Yeah. And the, the thing with linens is they add a texture that just a regular, like, say, Bella Solid gives to a quilt. Right. They just have a little bit of something else to it. Right. Yeah. So I think those are some good yeah. answers for those. Those were good questions. So thank you. Okay. So the next question has to do with um, your fabric lines. And the question is, how many lines will there be for 2023? Have you started designing for 2024? I love all the small projects. I also love items that aid in organization. Have you des- designed any patterns for small projects that aid in organization or are there any that you do plan to design? Okay. Yeah. So there's a few questions in there, but it's it's all about fabric design. I'm going to start off and have mom answer the last part. Okay. But so there will be two collections for 2023. They uh, have both already been designed. One we're sewing with currently. Yes. Obviously, Favorite thing ships in June, but that's uh, that's a fabric line that was a third one last year. So two collections. We're very excited about both of them. 2024, funny, this question is brought up. <laughs> I went back and checked the dates. I have a, we have a fabric line that's due very soon, actually. And I had, I wrote it down because in big, bold letters, because I need to actually start drawing for that. So two collections in 2024 that we know of, but I haven't actually started designing anything, but I have the first one coming up that's that's due soon. What's that date? Just so I can... March 1st. Wow. Right around the time of this other... Wow. It's always the I same way. I keep okay. having things <laughs> jump on my plate. So yeah. yeah. And I kind of don't... because Because of the two fabric lines that we have coming out this year... I really don't know where I want to go with this next one. Mm. So I was actually going to talk to you because good, perfect. The the designs is never the issue. I love coming up with all the different designs, florals and basics. Sometimes I just really, if I want to, maybe I want to try a new palette. Maybe I want to experiment a little bit. So that's always kind of, I know people mostly start with a palette. Yeah. This time I'm like, I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah. Fun. Okay. And then she said, I love items that aid in organization. And I have three patterns in my home and hearth quilt book that one is a rotary cutter holder. One is a little sewing book and one is a project bag with curved edges. That's really fun. And so those patterns are all available. All three of those patterns are in that book. And yes, I I like working on projects like that. And I have a couple in mind for 2023. So a couple of them will be small little PDF patterns for small projects that are helpful. So yeah, great question. I love it. Okay, the next one, um, getting more to sewing and pattern questions here. 
curious to know if when cutting your fabrics, do you use the line on your ruler just up to your fabric edge or just sitting on top of your fabric? Okay, so I was always taught that rulers are more accurate than cutting mats. So I do use the lines on the cutting mat just to get it straight. Yeah, lined but up. I, yes, but I don't use them to measure. So I will, I will even up the left-hand side using the line on the cutting mat and the ruler. But then after that, I will use the ruler for my measurement. I'm not sure if that's exactly what she's Well, I think asking. it's more like when you're actually cutting, cutting. So, but yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't it have to sit on top of the fabric because... The ruler's when, on top of the fabric yeah. and I use the edge of the ruler to guide my rotary cutter as I cut. Yeah. And that is what I do because mother taught me that. So, <laughs> so <laughs> passing down to generations. Yeah. Because, I, yeah, I've been reading it again. I'm thinking if you put it right on the edge, there really wouldn't be any fabric to cut. You know what I mean? If you laid the ruler right, right. on top of the fabric yeah. directly. Yeah. But, Hopefully we answer that right. If not, yeah. let us know. If not, but. let us know. Yes. <laughs> okay. So next question. If I do a scrap quilt, isn't it possible to curate what fabrics I use? If someone doesn't like the fabrics, what about mixing and what about mixing with other fabrics? Yeah. That's, the, a, that's, yeah. Yeah. The essential part of it. That's okay. the essential part of it. So this is great. And this is, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but in the video on Wednesday with my scrap quilt, Billy and I actually filmed part of it after I had pulled all of the darker print fabrics for the quarter square triangle blocks. And I kind of, I went through and I pulled fabrics from my stash until I got a mix that I liked. And then I pulled low volumes to go with, which are in the quilt in the alternate blocks. And then as I was looking at it, I thought, and, and I talk about this more in that video, but there has to be a resting space. So I did a tone on tone. And so, but Chelsea's made a lot of scrap quilts too. So do you pull the fabrics first? What, what do you do? I pull I, the fabrics first. Yeah. That's what I do. I, I kind of lay, lay them all out and kind of see if I like the way that it all looks. And I do the same thing too. I think that resting space was a good way to word it. Uh -huh. Scrappy does kind of need rest sometimes. But yeah, I lay out all my fabrics before. I think there is scrappy that is like, whoa, that's scrappy, but there is definitely curated scrappy. And I would say I fall under that category. I'm always curating my scrappy quilts, but it's still scrappy. Yeah. So yeah, I have some that aren't curated as much. One I'm thinking of is a string quilt that was that's so different. It, though. It's the one hanging in the bathroom yeah. downstairs. And it's so funny because my husband is like, I love this quilt. And, and that quilt has no resting space yeah. at all. It's all string blocks. That's true with scrappy With anything though. and everything thrown in. Yeah. And string blocks, if you're doing them scrappy, of course, they are going to be full on scrappy. Yeah. Actually, that quilt is what my brain looks like most of the time. So, but <laughs> just so, saying. But, but yeah, my favorite scrap quilts are the ones that I've curated. And yes. Pulled the fabrics before I start, and camera camera phones are great. Take a picture of your fabric pull. If there's something standing out, maybe pull it out, take another picture, see if you like it better or worse without that, 
that strong contrast and take a picture of it in black and white take too. a picture of black and white it's yeah. important so yes and definitely if if you aren't liking the way it's looking just mix and match as needed until you get a look that you like and the other thing I was thinking of so essentially when I sew along with moda blockheads or socialites I generally make those into scrap quilt projects yeah and I also take photographs of those blocks every week for my blog to show my progress. And that kind of allows me to see, like, for, for example, the other day I was sewing some socialites blocks and I realized, oh, I haven't used any pink for a few, you know, so I put some I pink in. And so if, if you're doing a scrap quilt project like that where it's ongoing, just taking those pictures as you go is super helpful. I did that during blockheads. I'd lay the blocks out every week to get a picture yeah. and look at it and go, wow, we are really missing this color. Yeah. And I would make a few more because it doesn't, at the end, you can shift all the blocks around. You're lo looking specifically at color. Yeah. You want to make sure the color is even. Right. And sometimes I would even put a note on a post-it note, stick it into my project box, use blue next week or, you know, just Blues. so that I wouldn't forget which color I needed to yeah. up up the volume on. Oh so. my goodness. Okay. All right. So the next one, I'm not a big border person for quilts, but sometimes a border looks better for a particular quilt top. Can you recommend any border options other than a solid piece of fabric or charm squares? Thanks in advance. I'm going to come on, comment on this because I am also not a big border fan. Mom knows True. this. Mom mm. is a huge border fan. It sometimes scares me putting a big colored border on a quilt, but I found myself doing that on my newest quilts on most of them. And I absolutely have loved it. You're looking for big florals are great for borders. Big, I like, or sometimes just, just a really, really simple print that's going to play as a solid almost, but it's not a solid mm -hmm. because I don't like a plain solid, but you get a print that's just has a little bit of texture that it's adding to it and it's perfect. But I did a lot more borders this time around. I'm proud of myself. You have in the past year. And, and didn't you use a stripe for your Home for the Holidays sampler yes. border? Yes. Oh, my too. goodness. Yeah. And I used a stripe this year on a couple of quilt borders, too. And neither one I, of us had really done yeah. that before. You want to know what? A stripe is a great border choice if you don't want to do a floral or something. Yeah. And then as far as other ideas, other than a solid you know, piece of fabric or charm squares, piano key borders are yeah. wonderful. If you want to spend the time, flying <laughs> geese borders are beautiful, but very time consuming. I'm Squ opting out of that option. <laughs> square in a square. There, a lot of quilt blocks can be used in either complete succession or maybe a few blocks and then rectangle and then yeah. a few blocks. You know, you can do some borders that are mixed. You play around with it. Yeah. You, you could put eight or 10 flying geese blocks on each side of a border, but not have the whole thing be yeah. flying. So there are lots of lots of options for that. Okay, next one. What do you what what to do with all these triangle cutoffs? Also, any ideas on what to do with orphan blocks and leftover parts of finished quilts? Thanks for your informative podcasts. I enjoy listening to your conversations with one another. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just have to chime in because I have made it my personal mission. We've talked about this before with the triangles. I have made it my personal mission to save so many that we make Jack a dog bed. 
And I just keep accumulating, so I hope that you are saving yours, Mom. Oh, because I need to get a container and start oh, doing that. I am contained. Okay. Let me just tell I'm you. I'm going to get a container this week. I had to start a new container. I have so many. Oh. So I'm saving them for a dog bed for okay. Billy's dog. I'm going to do that, too. I'm very excited about it. Okay. And then, but I will say with the triangle cutoffs, if they will make a half square triangle oh. that finishes at two inches or bigger, I sometimes sew them together as leaders and enders. And then I have a bunch of half square triangles. And I've actually been able to make blockheads blocks, socialites blocks from those pieces. And I've already got them and they just need to be trimmed to size. You guys, and this is mom, the I person do. who does not waste. <laughs> so I I'm do over do here that. like, let's throw them in a dog bed. Mom's oh. like, oh, you can make a quilt with those, Chelsea. <laughs> Gosh. Well, and you then, can do either one. You're right. Thank yeah, you. We I think they're both good options. Yeah. yeah. We can have both. And if you don't feel like doing that, yeah, put them in yeah. the bin for the dog bed. We can have our cake and eat it too, yes. people. <laughs> and then also about the orphan blocks. If you watch my January Works in Progress video, which aired on last Thursday, mm -hmm. then I show you, I actually pulled out a whole slew of orphan blocks that I had and that is actually a project that I'm working on very soon. I'm, I don't know how many quilts it's going to make, but I'm going to put them together in some scrap How many quilts. quilts it's going to make? That's how there many are you a, have? Yeah. There, I have a stack. In fact, it's out in the hallway on that trunk. Oh, I'm going to look at it. They're all orphan blocks from projects that I maybe did for sew-alongs that I just needed to share one block. Or, yeah. So. yeah. As I was editing that video, I was like, Wow, there's, there's a lot of Whoa, blocks Mom. in there. Yeah. I, when I was actually filming it, I don't think I even realized it. But as I was editing it, I, I saw how many. I'm like, there are a ton of yeah. quilt oh blocks goodness. there. I'm going to have some cute scrap quilts there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Once I figure out how to put them all together. Once I figure things out. Yeah, I know Camille did that several a few years ago. She had extra blocks that she had used as testers from a variety of oh. her quilt patterns and I think she actually made a pattern. She made a sampler. And a sampler. And then you could buy that pattern and it would tell you, you know, use this block from this pattern, this block from this pattern. You can copy her quilt exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, really fun to put those together. Okay, next one. If you do a 2023 scrappy quilt, so along, can you show in a video how you go to your to your stash and actually pick a fabric or two while you talk about why you included that fabric. Um, not pre-thought out fabrics, but more or less a live video of you actually choosing fabrics and talking about what's going on with your thought process as you do it. Yeah, and that's what will be in the video on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Yes, so we, we'll kind of skip that because oh, we, cool. we've got that in that awesome. video. So basically, yeah, we the answer to that is it's yes, coming. and yes. We, we did it. You know? yeah. <laughs> or oh, you did okay. It. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. When working with bias binding, do you join the beginning and ending ends any differently than the cross-cut strips? So it is a little bit different because they have the diagonal yeah. line. So yeah, I guess, I guess that semi is yeah. semi-different. I, you know, I put them right sides together and I sew... I press all of those seams open and then I do too. There are little triangles that extend so I cut all those yeah. off. So 
That, yeah. yeah, that's that how should I answer that. The, when you did the bias binding video, would that show? I think it would exactly show how? in okay. that video. Okay. Yes. So, so we do, if you need a visual, yeah, they have it. we did. We, do we have did a, a video. Yeah, we did a video on that, and I believe that will show. So okay. All right. This is a returning question, but I think at this point we you guys <laughs> just have to expect that you're going to get asked this a yeah. couple times a year. You can keep answering it. Do you ever starch? If so, what kind of starch do you like? And does it help with less thread on the back of the quilt or does it not matter? I don't typically starch. I use Best Press on small pieces. I was going to recommend that. Yeah. And then there's also the Faultless brand that a lot of people just get at their grocery store or at Walmart if you're starching bigger. But I really don't starch for bigger projects. I know a lot of quilters do. And I believe it does. I don't know if there's less thread, but I think the thread is less likely to fray. To fray, which is the whole point so of it. It does help with that if you have a problem with that. But I just want to say too, and I haven't sewn with a lot of fabrics from other companies recently, but when I was sewing with fabrics from a variety of companies, I did notice that Moda seem to be better at yeah. not fraying. Yeah. So I I just really swear by Mona Fabrics for that reason. So So I have a question about the question. Okay. <laughs> so now I mean we're really coming up this summer, I think it will be three years of this podcast. Wow. And that like I just mentioned, that question does come up so frequently. And we have new listeners and that's fine. And new listeners have new questions. But why is that a question that comes up? Why are so many people, uh, me as a non-quilter, why do so many people ask that question about starching? I think people genuinely want to know if it is going to help the process, if it's going to make the process better or maybe easier for them in the end. I think that's why people ask so much. I also think it's because Kimberly Jolly starches everything and her YouTube channel, lots and lots of people are inspired by her. Yeah. And so they see that. And other notable starchers are Lisa Bonjean starches, everything. Notable starchers. Notable starchers. <laughs> Basically, that's what they are. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure about Jenny Doan. Uh, if she starches or not, I would have to kind of go and watch some of her earlier videos. I know Marion does. But Marion, our quilter starchers. Everything, is yeah. A starcher, a notable starcher, a notable starcher. <laughs> so Marion bought, yes, and in the Hall of Fame of notable starchers. <laughs> yes. And people buy drying racks for yes, the starching. That's what Marion that does. They use just, and Marion will take it outside and put it on her back patio yeah. if it's not windy. Put it out there to dry. I know. I think Barb that, and Mary do that too. Yeah, or, they, or they put it in their bathtub, the drying rack, so that the starch can just dry and then you iron it. And I just don't have time for that. I, I'm just going to say three kids, dinners, lunches, homework. <laughs> but it's super helpful. In, in fact, the socialites block for, let's see, it's block 13. So it would have been the one I think I shared last Friday. Oh my goodness. It was designed by Doug Lico and it had a ton of pieces and I made it without starching, and then when I finished, I was just like, why didn't I starch didn't this? Starch? It would have been. So you're definitely, there is a time. There, for me, there is a time. Wow. When those pieces are tiny, it's helpful for me. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a little more yeah. background to that, so yeah. thank you. 
Okay, next one. Could you please discuss whether there is a right and wrong side on white fabric, particularly Bella Whites? And this might be a repeater as well. I use a lot of Bella 200, and once the pieces are cut, it's hard to keep track of which side is which. I'm sure I've gotten them mixed up, but I can't tell on the finished quilt. Yeah, this is funny because I just answered an email, and I don't know if it's the same person. (laughs) But I told her that when I was sewing for Joanna and actually for Camille too, I painstakingly kept the right, what I thought was the right side of all the Bella solids for their quilts in the same direction. And then one time, I believe I emailed Joanna and she was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I was just like... All those hours. All those hours I spent turning those pieces so that they would be, were for nothing, you know? And so now if it's truly a Bella solid... No. No, I do not worry about, and I've never noticed. Yeah. But a lot of our tone on tones, oh, I get, you do have yeah. to, to make sure. Because and sometimes I mess up and I'm like, ah, well, it's fine. it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that is Nobody a great, will notice. That is a great question. And uh, don't worry about it is my <laughs> best advice. All right. The next one, I'm so excited to be starting your 2023 block of the month. I'm wondering if you have any tips on cutting out the fabric for block of the month sew-alongs, particularly background fabrics. Sometimes it gets tedious to cut out small pieces for every block. So are there any specific strip strip sizes by whip the fabric you would say, just go ahead and cut a few off to get ahead, or do you pretty much have to do it per block? Thanks so much and love all of your content. Yeah, I love this question. And because I do this, but I I probably should be sharing more about it when we film our block of the month videos. But yeah, there are a lot of, depending on if you're making the 12 inch or the six inch size, if you look at the pattern and, you know, if you need a, a two and a half inch, I would say two and a half inch strips, three inch strips, five inch strips. And that's what I do because sometimes you might cut a three and a half inch strip and then the next piece you need is a five inch strip. Well, if you'd have just cut the five inch strip, you could have taken the three and a half inch square out of that. You know what I mean? And not had to cut two strips from your background fabric. So I will definitely do five inch and three inch and then I can use, cut all the two and a half and two from the three. I feel like there is a little bit less fabric waste by doing it that way. There's going to be some individually, but I think that's a great question. And it, and it does kind of take out some of that tedious cutting all of these different yeah. sizes. So, yeah, that's a great question. Okay. Next one. You probably have already discussed types of batting and pros of cons. But if not, I'd love to hear more about this. I'm making a quilt for my bed, so I'm willing to spend some money to get it get the, get the just the right batting. I plan to big stitch hand Ooh, quilt it. Hand Thanks. quilt it. Love it. I I like I think we like the same one. Yeah. The warm and white. Yeah. I, I love it. And I think it's a great batting. Yeah. It's used in all my quilts and I think it's lovely. And yeah. I'm so excited that you're hand quilting this. Yeah. That's going to be so fun. Yeah. I love it. I, I would say there are some less expensive battings out there that Oh, I'm sure. I wouldn't use. I've yeah. seen them and I think one time I was at Marion's and I can't remember who sent her the quilt with the batting and she was... <gasps> was it not a good one? It was terrible and she was Aww. just like, I really just want to... I think it was someone who had 
mailed her something and she just switched it she out. She said, I just want to email them and ask them if it's okay if I, Aww. because it, yeah, if you're just like this r- listener reader said in the question, if you have spent a lot of time making a beautiful quilt, you don't want to put a cheaper, cheaper batting, batting in. in and just yeah. not have that finished look that you love. Because you really do. You spend so much time making the quilt top. Right. And, and what the, was the name of the batting you suggested again? Warm and white. Yeah. And there's also warm and natural if oh, you're yeah, using yeah. more darker fabrics and you don't have white yeah. backgrounds that you could use the warm and natural. Yeah. So I think they're both great battings. Is that the name of the company or is... It's the Warm Company. Warm Company. So they're yeah. warm. Oh, okay. Very warm. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a great question. And in fact, and sometime, one time too, I saw somebody and I think she had recently learned that we were doing fabric and she had seen some of our fabric and she complained about the price. And she said, well, I, I just get all my fabric at Walmart. And that's fine if you're not concerned about how long your quilt's going to last. Yeah. But there is a real difference in quilt shop quality cotton. For sure. But doesn't some, I mean, it it's, could be up to the, the particular Walmart, but it, isn't Moda Fabric in some Walmarts? No, I've never oh, seen oh, Moda Fabric oh, okay. in Walmart. No. There are Our some. hardware store has Moda Fabric. Yeah. Yeah, maybe <laughs> so that's why I thought. Sometimes there are smaller maybe a variety store or privately something owned. privately owned business yeah. that will carry Moda or the other big name companies. Yeah. I yeah. know some fabric companies are in Joann's right now. Yeah. And, and Joann's has experimented with higher quality quilt shop quality lines yeah. of fabric. Mm-hmm. And I have purchased some from them and they have been fine yeah. in the past. I haven't purchased any recently, but... Okay, so I'll stop wasting my time looking for you guys' fabric if I'm ever at Walmart. Yeah, yeah it's I won't walk be- down that oh, aisle yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's Sometimes not I do. Be there. I'm, I'm like, oh, I wonder if my mom and sisters. Yeah, no, it's not going to be at Walmart. Billy's in Walmart. I am. Why aren't they here? <laughs> I'm going to buy like a pen or something. Yeah. I look for it. I'm wasting oh, my time. Where are you yes, guys? Yeah, stay out of the fabric section oh, at Walmart. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> No offense to the Walmart. Oh, I, I was there. We were, me and Isabel were there once, and I'm like, "Hey, let's go see if my That's so mom cute and sister's fabric." That's so cute. You went to look for us, yeah. but it wasn't there. Yeah. Oh. Now I know why. Okay, it will never be there. Yes. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we had that question just yeah. so we could answer. Yeah. Answer for Billy. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning a lot today. Okay, so the next one here, probably get a couple more to, before we wrap it up. Okay. How often do you change your needle, rotary cutter blade, and how often do you clean your sewing machine? I'm a sporadic quilter, fitting in bits of sewing as my schedule allows. Therefore, I often forget when I last changed out the needle, rotary blade, or even cleaned the lint from my machine. The reason for this question is that I recently had some problems with my, machi- with my machine where it was puckering the fabric. I re-threaded the needle, changed the needle, etc., and the problem continued. I didn't want to mess with the tension as I'd never done that before and was worried and, and was worried I'd mess it up. I finally took out the bobbin case and the amount of lint was appalling. <laughs> cleaning out uh, cleaning that out took care of the problem and the mas- and the machine worked like a dream. I usually clean the machine after a big project, but apparently I've been sewing enough small items and had forgotten to complete that important task. I love your podcast and YouTube channel and regularly listen either while sewing or when 
on the drive to work? And that's from Heather. Thank you. Great question. What about you? How often? I am constantly cleaning lint out of my sewing machine. I also oil it. I, I, I clean it a lot. Like my, my rule of thumb is after every quilt I make, I do a full like thorough cleaning of the sewing machine and the sewing room. And I often have to, I often just change my, my blade as well after that. Right. Or if I'm cutting, like we've done project packages before, I'll change my blade out. I do think the endurance blade has lasted longer than my regular blades. So I'm typically buying those, Right. but I'm always trying to care for it because I had a similar, uh, incident and my machine was kind of acting off and I just decided to regularly check down under it and clean out the lint and change everything out every so often. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, t- I don't really have a, I do need to take it in to, d- to get it like professionally cleaned, but I think I take, I do good maintenance on mine. Yeah. I d- I'm glad we had this question. I just had to write myself a note by rotary blades. I think I'm low. So, but the endurance. Uh, yeah. Uh, my friend Jennifer, changes her needle with every project that on her sewing machine. Keltner? Yes. And if you're at a retreat with her, I've been at a retreat where she will walk around and hand every person at the retreat a needle and say, change your needle right now, you know, and... Because she thinks it dulls really, really it dulls quickly? that quickly, yeah. So, Whoa, I'm going to go change out my needle today. Yes, so you should definitely change your needle with every quilt if you're doing that yes (laughs) and then also when your machine's not running properly yeah that's the go-to re-thread the needle re redo the bobbin thread take out the bobbin case clean out the lint but what I do is I have a little bobbin storage shaped like a, a donut and after every five bobbins that I've used that is when I go and I clean the and sometimes I'll use more than five bobbins on one quilt. Yeah. But when I can see in my donut that there are five empty bobbin spools, that's when I will take the machine apart, clean out all the lint. Oh. But I usually just oil it after every 10. So every other I do yeah. the oil. So that's, that's good accountability, though. Yeah. You're like, oh, the donut's empty. Yeah. Let, let us clean. And then then what I will do then, too, is I'll, I'll refill all five of those bobbins so that I know I'm yeah. at the starting point. But probably the thing that I do fail to do is change that needle. With I need to change the. In fact, I need to go change my needle today because... I'm, I'm doing it. I feel attacked. Well, <laughs> yesterday I quilted... I, I made a bag yesterday. I spent five hours making this bag that needs to be photographed. And it has, has soft and stable, and I quilted it myself on my machine. And it turned out so good. Oh, thank you. It looks so good. But I need to go change that needle because I feel like that needle going into that soft and stable, I did quite a bit of quilting. I need to go change that needle today. So, But we also have a video, and Billy can link this, where I showed this little how to clean out the lint and I have a Janome, but it's really simple. And I also kind of showed the little tools that I use in that video. And we got some really up close shots that should be helpful. Yeah. I was just looking at it here. It's the titled sewing machine cleaning and maintenance tips. And I'll put that in the, in the description below if you want to jump right to that link and watch it. Yeah. And I remember we filmed that because my friend Vicky asked me to film that for her 
and we filmed it for her and then the video a lot of people really appreciated that oh, so good. yeah and it was it was fun that we just filmed it because vicky asked me to okay so yeah wrapping up here with a couple personal questions there's one real quick mom you're not someone asked if you were going to the road to california in 2023 yes no and you're not and not going to quilt con either so okay so you won't be there, but... Planning on both of us being at Quilt Market in fall, fall. of 2023. We, yes. In Houston. We will in Houston. be there in Houston. Yes. For when, sure. Maybe the Astros will be out of the playoffs by then. <laughs> anyway. Okay, sorry. And to, we are back at it. <laughs> yes. <That's, laughs> not over it. Still the off season, but... Okay, anyway. Okay, so a couple personal questions. Um, both of you, what is your favorite season of the year? Mine is Fall. Mine has actually changed to spring. Really? Yes, because awesome. I felt like the weather was weird this fall. And it was <laughs> it was 120 degrees and then it was 30 degrees. Yeah. And I am so looking forward to spring. So spring is my new one because I have my son has coach pitch coming up. We got them all signed up. It's like my favorite thing ever. It starts to warm up, but it's still cool. Yeah. I love it. I think I love fall because it means that we made it through the summer with 120 degrees. Or, yeah. Although last summer wasn't as bad. But it's sort of like I have this hope of six or seven. Our best weather really is fall, winter, and spring. It is, yeah. So, I, And it's I, the reason we live here. Right. Like, and so every fall, I just say... This is why I live here. We've got six to seven months just coming up. We can survive it. Gorgeous weather. And that just kind of gives us the resilience to make it through the hot yeah. summer. I, I feel like I do fall. more get into a slump in fall because it's huh. so I kind of do. I realized in spring, like I had a hard time the last six months keeping up with work and keeping up with everything. And I just have felt this like sense of renewal. I'm so excited for spring. Also, I work well under pressure. So this week I've gotten a lot of stuff done with a lot of due dates coming up. Yeah. But I'm I'm ready for spring, people. Yeah. Spring is my new thing. Okay. 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 And then the next one, the last one here. What are some of your favorite meals to serve when guests come over for dinner? I am making mine tonight and I'm actually delivering it to some seniors down where I live tonight. It is creamy corn chow. I will always do a soup. Oh, I love that. In the, so it depends on the season because winter, which is a lot of the months out of the year for us, fall, winter, spring, I can serve creamy corn chowder. It's a soup mom and I both love. From Our and Best Bites. From Our Best Bites. It's, it's, I think it's on their website. Yeah, it's a cookbook. Um, you can find it on their website. And what I do is you can either make fresh bread or fresh rolls to serve with it. Or you can get some fresh French bread and right. serve it warm with it. I've been doing that recently because a couple of my kids don't want to eat a ton of the soup. They want to dip the bread in the soup. Oh, yeah. And it's my two youngest. My oldest will eat the soup and have two bowls. But And then you guys, you top it with crumbly warm bacon and cheese and put some hot sauce. And it's just a good conversation starter. Like with friends. Soup is just a go-to. Yeah. So that is my favorite meal. And we've had friends over or I deliver this soup to a, like if there's ever someone that's sick or has had a surgery, this is the meal I bring to them every single time. Awesome. How do you take it to them? Do you put it in? Oh my goodness. Guess what I'm doing tonight? What? 
I got the styrofoam cups that you oh, like with it the lids. with the lids. Oh, so you fun. guys, you can do a single serve and I also have the tall serves. A couple of the people I'm visiting tonight are couples and some of them are widowed or you know, their significant other has passed on. And so I'm bringing them a little single serve and oh, we fun. have them in the styrofoam cup. So oh, fun. that I'm going to buy them. I'm going to buy more of them in bulk. I think you can get them at business Costco. Okay. So we can split mom. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. If you buy some, I'll, yes, I'll split let's it with split you. It. So that's yeah. how I've been doing the soups now. Oh, I love that. Also, the last time I made that soup, my youngest was here and he's all about healthy food. <laughs> So he was like, Mom, do you think you could put some broccoli in that corn chowder? And I did. I took the... <gasps> you added I that. love... The, and this is from my daughter Candace told me this. The frozen broccoli at Costco is... The best. So much better than any grocery store frozen broccoli. So you get the frozen broccoli from Costco and you can cook that in the microwave and then just add it to the to corn the chowder. And it adds, you know, some more nutrients and... I'm going to really? add, I got some broccoli yeah. last night. I'm going to add some. Yeah, so that was really mine. good. Hey, there's that little segment Marion told you to bring up yes! your favorite find from Costco. Oh so my goodness. frozen broccoli. For Marion. Broccoli. Frozen broccoli from yeah. Costco to throw into your soups. Yes, and but, I actually saw somebody when I was reading the comments last night from last Monday's podcast that uh, somebody else chimed in and said they'd love to hear Arc. So, See? yes, Marion, if you're listening, you were on to something. Oh, she she yeah. knows if she, she knows. if she yeah. has a suggestion, you should absolutely listen. I know. To it. Yeah, Marion is. I know you're listening. So Marianne. for my yeah, favorite meals, yeah. yeah. So it used to be fish tacos. Oh please! My husband so started good, making guys. fish tacos. It was a fire station recipe, and for years that was kind of like if we had somebody for dinner. We made fish tacos, oh, and I'm so I remember right one now. time this family came over, and their kids didn't like fish, and the parents like told them it was chicken, and the, and the stop, and, and they the kids ate it. ate it, like they just devoured it, and then afterwards, I think they told them, "Hey, you guys were eating fish," but Kate. for years it was fish tacos. But now that my husband has a smoker, ooh yes, it, that's definitely what we do now. Smoke is he meat. smokes some meat, and I make some side dishes. Yeah, and it's really easy because you have th that whole the portion. meats out of the way, and yeah. I don't have to worry about it. And he'll do brisket or pork. Uh, sometimes uh, he's done chicken. He's yeah. done, yeah. When all the kids are here for like Christmas or Thanksgiving, they'll always do like a separate, like sometimes a meal like that. Yeah. Cause, cause they'll like my younger brother will travel and he'll be here for multiple days right. and it's really, really nice. But yeah. I have to say one more thing about the fish tacos. Oh. This recipe was so loved that when Billy's friends found out about oh. it, they would all show up. And have fish tacos. Like everyone. Oh, your parents are doing fish tacos tonight? We're well, there. No, this was... Okay, so now we, <laughs> we're going to end with this story. Because for one thing, why was he telling them? Because <gasps> then what would happen at our... His high school had open campus. So at lunch, the kids could go any... I don't think they're open campus anymore here. But anyway, occasionally I would substitute teach when Billy was in high school too. And... My day would end when his day ended. And if I had made fish tacos the night before, I had to beeline at home if I wanted that for lunch. <laughs> 
because I knew that he would be bringing his friends over and they would eat them all. So they'd be gone. And well, yeah, we'll continue. I'll yeah. have a response afterwards. One day I remember pulling up and the last of whoever Billy had invited over was walking through our front door. And I pulled into the garage and I think I made it to the fridge before they did. Before they did. And I was just like, hey, I'm going to get two tacos before you guys eat the rest of this. Let it be, let it be known. Yeah. Mom was able to fend off teenage hungry boys. Yeah. Okay. And, and, but I always thought like, why is he having them come over? Because that's fewer tacos for us to have for leftovers. <laughs> so. Well, basically, once we became mobile and... And we and you're right, we could leave after lunch or when we were seniors, sometimes we didn't even have a last period. So we were pretty much on our own for till, you know, Sports football practice. or basketball practice started yeah. for a couple hours. So we would just sort of gang up and we would <laughs> whoever's whoever's parents or house had the best leftovers from the night before we we would literally just raid kitchens. Yes. I mean, yeah, the, like oh uh, like anywhere from four to ten of us. We yeah. would okay. We're going to Kyle's house today, and we're brain, or, you know. But our yeah. house, if I mentioned, and I don't know, I I was, we all just sort of took turns. Took turns, like, probably. Well, my dad made his fish tacos last night. All right, we're going to Billy's. <laughs> so boom, uh, we yeah. were there. So it was just, I mean, yeah, we were just like scavengers yeah. roaming this this town, yeah. raiding people's fridges for <laughs> yeah. a couple of years in high school. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's awesome. And those were those were the days when. We didn't make them, they were not healthy because I deep fried the tortillas. Now I just oh my goodness. heat They're the corn tortillas so... and I don't deep fry them anymore to try to make them a little bit more well, healthy. Well, they weren't complaining. They, <laughs> they certainly enjoyed yeah, them. Yeah. I realized that this was happening 20 years ago now. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, this is 2023 yeah. and I, yeah. that would have been like my junior They're year of so high school. Old. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's getting, we're getting up there. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Okay. Well, well, I for the reviews, because we like to do those on listeners, I'm actually going to, we, we're, we're pushing this here towards an hour. So I, I'll just put a reminder out. If you do leave a review on Apple Podcasts, then we will read it on the podcast if that's something you'd like, like us to do. Um, so please leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts and we'll read those. I have one review slash story. And I think maybe we, we can just save that for the next episode yeah, for the yeah. listener quilts because it, yeah. it's a pretty, I don't want to rush through it. Because yeah, it's, and it was it's a really, really nice email. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll do that next save time. that next time. Well, we really appreciate all of the questions that were sent in and we're, we, I feel like we got to a lot of them today yeah. and we will definitely save the next ones for less time. Yeah. For One next of the time. questions we're actually going to use for our main topic next time. Yes. It was so good. Was we good. were like, oh, we got to save this one. Yes. So <laughs> Okay, well, our next podcast will be on Monday, February 13th, the day before Valentine's, Valentine's. Day. Yeah. And I'll, I'll reveal my thoughts on that and ask, oh, for, yeah. some, oh, ask okay. for some input. Okay, thanks so much for stopping by.